Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from the epistle found in Hebrews chapter 10, where we read, And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. This is God's word. A couple of years ago, I read an article written by Lutheran author and Old Testament theologian Chad Bird. And when you write in this day of the internet, you write to kind of get people's attention, and so you say things that are provocative. And Chad Bird wrote in this article, he started off by saying that there's one page I want to see ripped out of every Bible. Wow, what page of the Bible could you disagree with so strongly that you'd want to see it ripped out? And is it fair to say that about God's Word? And he was talking, I'll use my Bible as an example, this page. I don't expect you to be able to see it or read it, but it's the page that says the New Testament. It marks the transition, of course, from the Old Testament of the Bible into the New Testament of the Bible. And the reason he said that, again, he was trying to be provocative and get people's attention, is because he claimed that we as Christians often put this artificial divide between the Old Testament and the New Testament. That we treat the Old Testament, which is full of laws and rules and sacrifices and blood and war and violence. We treat that as being somehow separate from the New Testament, which is, of course, specifically about Jesus. But his point was, it's all about Jesus. The whole Old Testament is about Jesus. All the the sacrifices, all the blood, all the rules, it's all about Jesus Christ. And his point was, maybe if we tore out that page that says the New Testament, this is a really nice Bible, I'm not tearing any pages out of it, just so you know. Uh, But if we did, maybe we'd start to remember that the entire Word of God tells of Jesus. And I would add to this suggestion that perhaps we could help by taking the book of Hebrews from which our epistle comes today and maybe we move that in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, I don't really need to do that, but it helps you to know that the book of Hebrews shows us how the entire Bible is about Jesus. Because the author to the Hebrews, and it's the only book in the New Testament we don't know who wrote it. We know the author of every other book in the New Testament except this one. This author points out to us, illustrates for us, teaches us how when the priests went into the tabernacle, or later on into the temple, and offered those sacrifices... It was about Jesus. 
When Israel was commanded to keep certain laws, certain rules that would separate them from the other nations, that was about Jesus as well. Even the priests themselves, in their priestly vestments and garb, that was about Jesus as well. The author to the Hebrews tells us in our epistle today that we have been sanctified, made holy, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. In other words, the only sacrifice ever offered, and there were literally thousands upon thousands, probably Throughout the years, hundreds of thousands of sacrifices that were offered in Israel. Not a one of them paid for sin. Not a one of them atoned for the sins of the world. They all served to point people forward to the offering of Jesus Christ once upon the cross for all. That means everyone, doesn't it? That means you. The offering of Jesus Christ upon the cross, of course, was for you. You know, there's a little phrase that people, that Christians will often throw around this time of year, saying that Jesus is the reason for the season. I don't know, I think that's an incredibly insufficient statement. He is so much more than just the reason for the season. He is the offering given once for all. In other words, his coming in human flesh and living among us, living holy and perfect and sinless, dying, rising and ascending to his father's right hand that is more than the reason for the season that is the central event in all of human history forget human history all of history if there is any other history that Jesus came and took on our humanity to be our savior Everything hinges around that. I know I've been asked before, you know, what's more important, Pastor, Christmas or Easter? It's kind of a nonsensical question because you can't separate the two. Without the flesh that Jesus takes on at Christmas, without entering the womb of his mother Mary and being born, among us, there is no sacrifice to be offered on the cross. And of course, if the sacrifice is never offered on Good Friday and risen on Easter morning, what's the good of him coming anyway? It all goes together. Jesus Christ, dear friends, is more than the reason for the season. He's the reason for everything. The center of everything. Christmas, which we prepare to celebrate in this coming week, 
is more than just a season. It's our salvation. It is the Father offering the Son, who as the writer to the Hebrews reminds us, does the will of his Father. His will is to be that offering for you. The only offering there is. That offering came, as we will reflect upon more this coming week, in little Bethlehem. Little Bethlehem Ephrathah, too small to be numbered among the clans of Judah. Our Old Testament reading from Micah saying, We sang about the little town of Bethlehem in our opening hymn this morning. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. And then we sang at the end of that first verse how in Bethlehem, more specifically in the one born in Bethlehem, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. What a beautiful line that illustrates exactly what I've just been saying. That the birth and life and death and resurrection of Jesus are more than just the reason for a season. They are the center of it all. All the hopes and all the fears of all the years. All the years before Christ's birth and first advent among us. All the years in between his first coming and his second coming. And all of eternity after he comes again. All our hopes and fears are met in the one born once for all. The offering given once for all. Our hopes and fears are so incredibly out of whack, aren't they? Hopes placed in the wrong people, institutions, promises, things, fears overcoming us, crippling us, trying to break us. All the hopes and all the fears are met in thee. Little Bethlehem, where the offering is given. Your offering. Not the one you bring and put in the plate following the sermon. Not the good works that you do. Though those are good and pleasing to God and a gift to his church. The offering that matters is the one given once for all. The one given in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Notice how the writer to the Hebrews <clears throat> makes it a point that <clears throat> not just that Jesus Christ is our offering, but the body of Jesus Christ is the offering given once for all. Because you see, the blood being spilled is not just an Old Testament thing, is it? There is blood spilled in the New Testament. 
the blood of Christ himself, offered for you. His body given for you. That body dwelling in the womb of his mother, causing John the Baptist to leap for joy. And oh, isn't it perfect that Mary, carrying Jesus in her womb, goes to the home of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah, who was a priest in the temple. And there, in the womb of Mary, in the home of Zechariah, is Jesus who is the final sacrifice, the only sacrifice, the once-for-all offering given for sin. For every sacrifice that Zechariah would offer or that the other priests would offer, none of them forgave any sin. They only pointed to the one who was there in the womb of Mary, the one who gave cause for her soul to rejoice. If you don't believe that this is the central event in all of human history, Christ taking on human flesh, we call that the incarnation. Him taking on flesh and being born of his mother to be our offering. Consider this. What is it that Jesus offers to you this very morning, this very moment in history? Those who come before the altar today come to receive the body of Jesus. To drink the blood that he spilled for us. It is not just an event in the past. It is the reason we gather here this morning to be fed and nourished by his body, his blood. Given once for all and yet present among us this very morning. You see in those little bites of bread which we receive and that little drink of wine you receive either from the little glass or from the chalice. It's like little Bethlehem, isn't it? Might seem insignificant, insignificant to the surrounding world. But in that bread and wine, the offering once for all is given and poured out for you. Jesus Christ, in the body he took on, the body laid into a manger that we will celebrate this week, the body that bled and suffered and died and rose. He is the offering, the gift given once for all. Once for you. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.